Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And welcome into hour number two. Sorry if you missed the first hour because we had a great one. And uh, we appreciate you listening each and every Saturday morning. Uh, Martha, we got some a lot of text messages coming in. Uh, this one says, morning, uh, Donnie, Martha. The Adams in Lafitte has been gone for a long, 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 long time. And used to be really great crabbing and fishing off of that. But it has been gone for a long time. And what a shame because... Uh, we spent a lot of time out there filling up tubs full of those. Uh, we used to call them kites. The crabs were so light. Uh, we got an update on Wilmer. Yep, it's between Mobile and Mississippi. So it, I guess it's closer towards the coast. Uh, the fall red fishing is kicking off on the Alabama coast, but I have to work this weekend. So your show is in the shop. Great show. Um, we have a Thanksgiving tradition. We like to go crabbing Friday after Thanksgiving and make a gumbo with the turkey leftovers. That's our stock. Awesome. That sounds delicious. And uh, Justin says the squirrels in the Gentilly Wildlife Map, they eat banana tree leaves. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, well, maybe they're smoking them. Who knows what's going on? All right, here's one that says, so glad Miss Martha's back on the show. Got to have deer and ducks for all holidays. Also, my sisters would hate us having to wait <laughs> to open presents till we got back from hunting every year for Christmas. Yeah, I, I can understand, understand that. that. Yes, yes, we can. All right. Well, please tell folks to go to Iowa and hunt deer. I couldn't drive the eight miles to town without having to dodge them. Memories of Southeast Iowa Thanksgiving feasts include turkey and dressing, ham, and those delicious pheasants. Uncles were good hunters and knew how to use their scatter guns. First Thanksgiving in Louise in New Orleans, we had freshwater bass dipped in buttermilk egg wash and fried in peanut oil. Wow. Mm, that does sound good. Yeah. Well, I need an exterminator for deer in Iowa. Any volunteers? All right. This one says, I have wild hogs rooting up my fields, and they only come out at night. You're more than welcome to come and shoot or trap hey, as many as you Hey, that could be a good show. Like. Yeah, the get grown a, ones. We need to get a thermal scope for those. And he says the grown ones are huge. That area code is 601, so that would be central Mississippi. Mm -hmm. And uh, our cameraman, Chris, I think is working on some type a night vision camera or something too that would be fun good morning don and miss martha nice weather to go hunt or fish too wet to do honey list thanks for all you do great show outlaw john and this one says see martha nasty scoundrels <laughs> talking about those uh coyotes yeah point of shin somebody's going to a re-grand opening of the pack kayak launch hoping to pick up some nice trout and red y'all had a trip kind of schedule there had the shame it was we nice were weather supposed yesterday. to go and it got rained out uh last week or right before we went to south dakota it got rescheduled for black friday but i'll be in texas so chris will be going to film with the ladies there the last time we went there we kind of got uh a bad fishing day but we got great interviews with the women from the salty chicks kayak fishing club so that'll be a new episode of bayou wild and uh point of shine if you don't know that exclusive kayak launch there is very nice but they did get hammered by the hurricane it, it pretty much got wiped off the map so really good job to all the folks out there that helped them rebuild and i'm glad to see that they're reopening all right we have a good morning got a quick question is there a place i can maybe rent a small flat boat down there i have a few friends coming down i appreciate any information you can give me uh 
there used to be a lot of places that that rented flat boats and skiffs and you brought your motor. That's the old days. That's gone. But you know what I would suggest for that listener, Martha? Maybe getting a hold of uh, Eric or someone and doing a kayak trip. Kayak trips are great fun. Or actually going over there with uh, Shannon and Jeff out yeah, of Bayou absolutely. Adventures. Yeah, Why don't you give that a shot? Kayak. Yeah, Eric Mohamrick's coming up in about... Uh, a few minutes, ten minutes, so he'll he'll let you know all the details. Kayak fishing is a lot of fun. I I really enjoy it. Yep, and here's someone, another person that misses uh, our Tofield Bourgeois passion, knowledge, unique Cajun entertainment. Yes, indeed, truly miss that guy. And then we have Dixie Ranch having coffee, waiting for the rain to stop. Where well, is Dixie Ranch? Oh, that's, that's right down Lacombe. Okay, we're going to be doing a feature on Dixie Ranch, uh, generations and generations. I was actually one of the founding members of that club. We named it the Dixie Ranch Wildlife Management Club, and it's been going on for years and years. A lot of people have a lot of fun out there. Ah, oh, the Tyler Town. That's where the hog problem is. Okay. Okay. They've got hog problems in a lot of places. Oh, yeah. One thing they have in South Dakota is a prairie dog problem, and you tried to help <laughs> alleviate that. Tell us about your, your first experience nailing prairie dogs. So you remember that game, Whack-A-Mole? Yeah. That's what they look like. They're out there in this field, and they have these mounds, and, and they, they pop up out of these holes and they're they're actually quite funny they they squeak at you almost like a squirrel would and they sprint from hole to hole because they know that there's predators watching them and they're just the funniest little creatures but they are not good to eat so they are a varmint and they carry disease so the farmers do not like them and we went out with the <laughs> with the little AR suppressor and started popping those right from the from the road. Which is, by the way, did you know that pheasant hunting is legal from the road in South Dakota? Yeah, it is not from the vehicle, but no, from the road. From you the can road. drive have the road. Have to have the door closed. Out. Yes, yes. But yeah, we popped about seven prairie dogs, and that was a lot of fun. They're not getting good to eat, are they? No, no. You don't even want to touch I them. I bet you a good them. coon ass could do something with oh. them. They're kinda, nasty, though, because of the fleas and stuff. Yeah. But I'll I tell you what, though. You know, they even told me that one of the problems is because of those holes, uh, the cattle ranches out there hate them because well, their they break their legs. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. We did have this one cow. All the other cows were in the other field. We had this antisocial cow. I don't think he was a real cow. He, he was a confused some, cow. Yeah, he was. And he was hanging out in the prairie dog field, <laughs> and we would shoot one, and then he'd walk towards it like, hey, buddy, you okay? Well, you know how in this day and age you can be whatever you want. You know, if you're a man you and you want to be a woman. Yeah, it must have been a cow, a cow identifying as a prairie dog. <laughs> what a huge hole he would have made. <laughs> All right, enough of prairie dog talk. We'll be back right after this. We're going to get a hold of Mike Gallo and find out about some fishing on the east side of the state. That's what he does. He fishes Biloxi Marsh, Lake Pontchartrain, Lake Catherine, Riggle Lees, anywhere he can put that, that boat of his. We'll be right back after this timeout. And our Mike Gallo Fishing Report presented each week by Seato. They're the guys and girls that bring you fuel drops whenever and whenever you need it. Tow you in 24-7. Jumpstart you if you got electrical problems and give you that peace of mind knowing rescue is just a call away. And that is a treasured Christmas gift for $179. Get them started for a whole year. Become a member. You can call Captain Chris, 504-301-4545 or sign up online at Seato.com. Mike Gallo joins us now, and Mike, uh, you've been a busy guy lately? Oh, yes, every day since the last time we spoke. Wow. <laughs> That's nothing unusual for you. Staying hot and heavy after them. Uh, let's see. Last time we spoke, it was relatively cold. Water temperatures were kind of cold, and catches were reflective of that, a little sluggish. You'd have to fish late into the day. A lot of our trips, we didn't even leave until 8 a.m., and fish till about 3 o'clock, let the water temperatures warm up, which really helped. We concentrated close to deep water, started out in deep water, and 
If the fish moved up a little shallower, we tried to move with them. Had a couple of slow days early in the week, but as the water temperatures warmed up towards the end of the week, really good catches of fish, speckled trout and redfish, just depending on what you wanted. Our last two trips were in the Biloxi Marsh, where we targeted redfish first, caught limits relatively easy, throwing the matrix craw as well as spinnerbaits. And then we moved into some of the lakes and um, a popping cork with plastic catching speckle trout. So it's been a, uh, a pretty good setup the way things have progressed with the weather. It's terrible. It's raining now. But I think we're going to try to get out behind this rain maybe around lunchtime. I think it'll clear up. But I think you'll have much better weather then. I'm hoping to do that. We've got a couple of guys, a couple of groups in the lodge uh, that's been here for the last two days and um, not leaving till tomorrow. So that gives us a bigger window of opportunity to take them. And um, like I say, I hope, hopefully rain passes and we're able to sneak out. We kind of know right where they are, so don't really need a big window of opportunity to be able to get them. Jeff, uh, that that wall has uh, been drawing a lot of attention over there. What's been going? Have you made a trip over that way lately? I was over at the wall earlier in the week, and uh, that's where we did a lot of that deep water fishing over there. Either live shrimp on the bottom. That's generally the way I start. Start out with live shrimp on the bottom on a drop shot, and if I can get that bite kind of going as I'm fishing, I'll switch one of my clients over to plastic and mix them in and that'll make my shrimp last longer. And a lot of times it's a little easier on me because I'm dealing with two people with bait and one with just plastic. Um, We like to start out on the South side of the Mr. Go, which is the deeper side and start there and, you know, look around. Sometimes they're on the shallower side on the, on the Northern side of it, where it tapers kind of a slow taper water, water depth, Will taper gently upward, so that's just depends. You got to look around for them. I guess is my best advice. Once you find them, you want to duplicate that area. If so, you found them in 18 feet of water, then you want to look at another area that you like to fish that has similar depth and maybe similar bottom structure. Mike, what goes on in the Gallo household on Thanksgiving Day? Is that your day to go hunting with your buddies up in Mississippi? No, my hunting trip in Mississippi is generally right after Christmas. We get the family together and have all the traditional South Louisiana foods. We have turkey, but it may have oyster dressing in it. And, of course, we have spaghetti and meatballs. Um, A lot of eating going on. And then watching football. Mike, I have a uh, question about the depth. Um, What do you think the temperature difference is? can be does it vary i mean you're saying you're fishing 18 or say you fish 18 feet what's the temperature difference from bottom to top with that and why do they hang out down there well martha i recently purchased a salinity meter with temperature gauge on it and i'm gonna have an answer for that for you very soon okay i'm gonna get Um, him a white lab coat when he (laughs) fishes this is the forensic fisherman You guys are going to get me a nickname (laughs) that I'm not sure I want. I enjoy the scientific side of it, that's for sure. Um, That You know, you you could be honed in on it, Martha, that um, if the temperature on the surface, and most of our depth finders have temperature gauges on them, 
and it'll tell you the temperature on the surface. And if you're finding fish in, like you said, 18 feet of water, the temperature on the bottom is probably different. But that's what they're acclimated to. You know, there's a couple of ways to look at that. Did the trout get acclimated to that temperature, or did the bait the trout's feeding on become Mm -hmm. acclimated to that temperature? I don't guess it matters as long as you're catching what you want to catch. But that's always been a rule of thumb for me. If you find them in 18 feet of water, you want to look for them again in 18 feet if that bite sort of fades out or you've caught them all. And, of course, that's going to affect, be affected by what your weather conditions are if it's, you know, a clear, sunny day. I just think about this because when I dive off the oil rigs, you know, you might go down 15 feet and find a huge thermocline. So, obviously, the clarity of the water, the salinity of the water, and the weather conditions will affect the temperature spectrum. But I'm curious how different the temperature drop is down there. At least in, in the market. Yeah, I'm going to have an answer for that. Just last week, ordered a meter. Cool. That's going to do lots of things for me, but one of them is temperature. And I'll be able to read the temperature down on the bottom, come up halfway, and then all the way to the surface. And hopefully sort of put a formula together where I can predict it a little bit easier than pull out that meter every time. Mike, if somebody wants to get a hold of you and schedule an appointment, I mean go fishing with you, tell them how to get a hold of you. <laughs> Very easy. You can find me on DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com, my website, which is AAofLA.com, or you can call us on the telephone, 985-781-7811. Hey, Mike, was Dutch able to make it out this month? I have not been able to fish with Dutch this month. We had some really cold weather, and he was didn't want to risk catching a cold. So um, looks like it'll be early next year. Unless we get a cancellation on a good day, he's my first call. There you go. All right. Thanks for the report, Mike. Have a happy Thanksgiving, my friend. Y'all do the same. Thank Thank you. you. All right. Coming back after this, it's time for the peddler's report. He's not really a peddler. He's more of a pusher, I guess, with the feet. We're talking about Captain Eric Mohabarak, a Louisiana kayak company. We got a report for all you paddlers coming up next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. The Paddler's Report slash Peddler Report from the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club presented by Massey's Outfitters, located in Mid-City, New Orleans, Covington, and Baton Rouge. They offer the best kayak fishing models from Hobie, Jackson Kayak, and Native Watercraft. Check them out at Massey'sOutfitters.com. Captain Eric Muhabarak, I'm, I've got a bone to pick with you, mister, going on these grocery um, trips without me. <laughs> yeah, it is time that we do that. we got to pull our annual trip with Andre, bring him back out there. Absolutely. It's that time of year, you know. i just seen the memories pop up on Facebook when we went. Uh, but, yeah, I got uh, very um, – I guess I got very lucky. It is the time of year to fish down there, you know. Um, and uh, it was an incredible trip. Caught a trout that was four pounds. The smallest was two pounds. Uh, and, you know, that was all behind high school. Um, real easy trip for people to do. Um, it wasn't no secret. People were passing me by, looking at me when they were going by. I'm catching fish. <laughs> you know, I guess I was just hiding out in, in the middle of the bay there. Um, but they are a bit on uh, the the avocado color and the Creole tomato. I was using a double rig, uh, about five feet of water over oyster reefs and just drifting. And um, I, they, they were eating it. 
you know, did catch a few on the old famous Berkeley Gulp with the uh, with the uh, full horseman cork under it, fishing about uh, 18, 20 inches, uh, five or six, nothing bad more. They seemed to want the, the 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 plastics more on the bottom, and I was jerking them high, so I was I was hitting it real hard and leaving it fall. And on the fall, it would uh would hit. I uh, also noticed that the bigger fish were hitting the darker color. So that's that's something that I did pick up on. Now, is there any rhyme or reason to it? I don't know. Did I get just get lucky? I know this time of year they're usually in that area, very very heavy. Were you? And, um, I know you like to get out really early. Did you find the bite particularly good at a certain time in the morning? Because everyone's been saying how you don't have to be out there so early. What are what are your thoughts on that? Right. Well, my my thoughts on that. You know, I. I like to go chase these big trout, and I like to have an opportunity to catch a giant trout, you know, which it's been a while since I did. I think it's been two years since I caught a, a, at least a six-pounder. Um, but I get out there before daylight real early, and, and I throw suspended baits and top orders and, and big giant jerk baits and things like that to try and have that opportunity to possibly catch a six to, let's just say, eight-pound trout. If they're there, and I mean, I'm fishing for one bite, so it may not be for everybody. I did find once the sun came up uh, at about, let's say, uh, 6, I think it was 621, the sun came up about 645, 650 is when I when I caught my actual first trout. Um, and then I noticed as it did heat up, I did catch better fish throughout the day so my 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 idea is if you want to catch a big fish and you're fishing for one bite and you may not get the bite get out there way before daylight an hour or two before daylight and try and fish if you want to catch numbers you can get there at daylight but understand you have to be at the spot for daylight not not uh not not Peddling to the spot when the daylight comes up. You know, I always find that the trout are better in the morning. Now, as it gets colder, we it will be where hey, you know, we're launching at seven o'clock. Let's go out there and uh, catch some fish. You know, but uh, that's that's when the, when the temperature drops down. I'd say in the fifties and below. Uh, you know, you want that sun to come up, heat up them oyster reefs, heat up that structure you're fishing, heat up the points with the oysters on it. And, and, you know, of course, during those times of year, those fish come out of that deep water and they'll come up onto the flats when the, when the temperature, you know, rises like that. You know, a, a good place to, a good example of that place is uh, right there at Joshua's where, where it used to be, you know, all the flats out there by the old islands and stuff. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not as deep as it used to be years ago. But that, you know, the trout will come up into those flat areas out of those deeper areas of holes. You know, I'm talking five to eight feet now. They used to have an area over there where they had, I think it was a 40 to 60-foot hole. Um, but that's no longer there. It's all filled, silted in. You know, but that's kind of my opinion on, on things like that. You want a big fish, you got to work for the big fish. You want numbers, yes, you can leave a little bit later in, in the day. Eric, you know? we had a... a- listener texting in wanting to rent a, a, a flats boat but we suggested that maybe they'd want to go on a kayak charter because that's that's what you do yeah. that's your bread and butter you are yeah. a kayak guide for fishing or for sightseeing but tell folks what a day in in a charter on a kayak is like and what they can expect maybe they've never done it maybe it's a little intimidating but let them know they can catch just as many fish from a from a kayak yeah i mean 
we we catch just as many fish. You know, uh, you, some days you you as you well know, Martin. Some days you have to work hard, harder for them than others. It's just like in a boat. You know, the things that the only thing the difference between us is that. Oh, let's say we go to the spot and it's dirty water, and well, we have to paddle a little bit further to go find cleaner water. But you know, the the the, the thing is, is we can get into areas that that bigger boats can't, um, and and we we are more stealthy. Like there's areas that I fish where I've had boats pull up and not catch a fish. Ten minutes later, they leave and I'm catching fish again. Um, something that's really cool about the kayaks is the wildlife you see, absolutely, because you don't have a big boat and you're seeing more wildlife, you know, nutria and minks and, and, and otters and, and, and birds and, and Rosetta spoonbills. And you can get very close That's to right. them. You've seen hogs and coyotes and stuff too. But if, Eric, it's a, if people want to yeah. get in contact with you, we're running out of time here. Tell them how they can book okay. a charter. Uh, you can find me on Don Dubuque out there, of course. Uh, also, the best way would be to call me 504-313-8292. Um, and I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. That's the Louisiana Kayak Company. All right. Well, we need to we need to get together when I get back from Texas. All right. Cool. Give me a yeah. I'll be around. All right. Take care. Happy, happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you guys too, y'all. All right. There he goes, our uh, kayak uh, reporter Eric Mohabarak. Coming back after this, I'm gonna tell you a story. It's a Halloween story about some snapper kidnappers. We call it the case of the Halloween snapper nappers. It's next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And we're just kind of sitting around here on a Saturday morning heading into Thanksgiving week, waiting for the raindrops to stop, just like you are. Please text us if you feel up to it, 870-870, who you are, where you are, if you got a question or comment. Martha, who's texting us in here this morning? Our buddy David Hubble over on the Alabama coast. He says, Donna Martha, just wanted to report that my buddies have been killing the specs in South Alabama. They've had no problem meeting the, the new size limits that they enacted. That's great. And while it took a while due to the warm fall, they're finally here. Good to hear. I'm glad that they're not having any issues with that size limit. They did up their size limit right. this year. Uh, someone says, "I have a place in Treasure, Alabama. On have a place in Treasure, Al on the Wrigley's. All right. Uh, I love fishing off my pier this time of year. Oh, Al on the that's okay. Treasure Island. I think okay. there's Maybe a place called Treasure there. Island. Okay, Treasure Island on the Wrigley's. I love fishing off my pier, but I find when the water temperature gets below a certain degree that the base shut down i think he means bass the bass shut down even though the, uh, to keep the conditions are perfect so the surface ones oh you gotta proofread these texts y'all ask mike <laughs> if you can watch the ballpark temperature windows trout slow down after the bite so Don't yeah i think i think that does play a role in it they hang out uh, not only where the bait is but certainly where the where the weather suits them absolutely all right, let's pause 10 seconds for a quick station ID, and we come back. The case of the Halloween Snapper Nappers. It's our bad boys of the outdoors. Next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, right after we let our local stations tell you who they are and where they are along the Outdoors with Don Dubuque radio. Lafouche Parish, Louisiana, was the site of an alleged red snapper violation for which three Texas men were cited on Halloween. Acting upon information from the U.S. Coast Guard, NOAA, and the Fushan Harbor Police, Department of Wildlife and Fisheries agents found a trio from Brownsville, Texas, in possession of 35 whole red snapper, of which 25 were undersized, and an additional 64 red snapper fillets, which they found in a strange place, hidden in the vessel's ice hole underneath bags of shrimp. Hmm. 
The agents seized and donated all the fish to a very fortunate charity. They also wrote citations for taking over the limit of red snapper, undersized red snapper, during a closed season, intentional concealment of fish, failing to keep saltwater fish intact, and not bothering to buy non-resident basic and saltwater license that with civil restitution added to criminal fines could total $6,198 and 120 days in jail. Clearly expecting a Halloween red snapper treat, but most likely having to settle for an expensive trick, or 30-year-old Yoshio Perez, 56-year-old Victor Martinez, and 62-year-old Daniel P. Acosta, of Brownsville, Texas, where we wish they would stay. Our bad boys of the outdoors. You like snapper, Martha? I love snapper. You don't like them that bad, though, do you? No. <laughs> but I almost think they got off kind of easy with that. I mean, for the for the limitations that we have yeah, to a true, person, true, to true. have, what's that, you know, close to 100 fish. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. Back Not to Texas good. with you. Yeah, stay there. We don't need you over here. All right, when we come back after this, uh, we're going to talk to Captain Ryan Lambert, see if he's out there at the helm braving this uh, little rain system that's moving through while he's trying to hunt some ducks and catch some fish. It's with Cajun Fishing Adventures, and he's next on The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Let's see. Plastic man, man of steel during duck season. Uh, he's the top golfer at an undisclosed luling golf course. He's got the highest score. And help me here, Martha. Is it a sheik that is the top dog at a harem? Um, I don't know. I don't a know. Swami <laughs> sheik. Somebody help us. The top guy at a harem. Who? What is? What is he called? Because that's a new one for Ryan. <laughs> No, we can't say that one. He's lost for words. Is no, he there? No. <laughs> what, I'm, what, what can I say? Y'all, yeah. Y'all just keep talking. I'm, I'm doing fine. <laughs> Are you trying to duck hunt this morning? No, Miss Carmen requests my presence at the LSU game today, so I came home. She looks at the calendar and she says, "Look, baby, look, we only got four duck blinds and eight boats. Yeah, you can come home." <laughs> okay, I'll be there. <laughs> hey, at least she picked the day. It was raining out this morning. Yeah, well, I don't mind if it's a tiny bit of rain, but I don't like when it gets that nasty, hard drizzle or hard rain on you. Gosh, I hate that. Yeah, well, it should be cleared up for the game time, but what are the boys doing down there this morning? You talked to them yet? No, the the ducks are so funky this week. Ever since the first six days were absolutely phenomenal, and then it just went to heck. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah, Martha was there. (laughs) Ouch. No, after that. After that. Oh, after she, that. Might have been, she might have been what ran them off. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I was talking about. They see me and they just fly because they know they're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely incredible because usually there's at least 10,000 birds sitting out on the bay, and there's not 100 out there. They could be out in the Gulf, and they come in a little bit at night. There's so much pressure, but all of, all of Louisiana is like that. I mean, everybody you talk to is, is just like that. But it's 80 degrees. We had a big moon, so the birds act like that. But today, the Arkansas season opens. And so the east zone. And the east zone of Louisiana, which probably has been stocking up a lot of birds with no pressure in those zones. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, how far is it across Highway 90 to where you are? Not far. Not far at all. And so it's going gonna, it's gonna to make a big difference. But still... The bird counts are very, very low. Up north, I talked to guys in Missouri yesterday. It was hunting in the cornfields, and they were killing some birds. But, you know, they, there's a lot of birds there. It said Arkansas is full of birds, so that's going to make a big difference. But thank God that we have 
broadcast and blast because if you kill a half a limb of the birds that are blind, you know, you go out there and kill 12, 13 birds. You know, people will say, well, that's not too bad. We got some shooting. But they're catching speckled trout and redfish. Cody limited out on both yesterday, specks and reds. He had 100 trout and 20 reds. And Cody's been in the slump, so that's that's. Man, hey, look. if a limit of reds, trout, and ducks don't get you, that mole will. That that they'll yeah. do them in. Yeah, that that also, <laughs> you know, our food is great. The, the combinations are great, so it's a good thing. It's I'm just glad the fish are biting. I had a great week. The water is crystal clear. You can see every fish in it, which isn't fair to the redfish. You know, if you can see them. Because they will get caught. <laughs> so you can fly fish, sight fish. You can do whatever you want. It's a great time right now. I really, I really enjoy fishing when that water temperature goes down and the algae drops out and it gets crystal clear. Gosh, and the weather's been, that. you know, maybe not so conducive for duck hunting. But when the weather's not good for duck hunting, it tends to fare better for fishing with the warm weather yeah. and the mild winds. Well, that's why we have an advantage because we have such great fishing. And if it's dead calm and it's not conducive for duck hunting, guess what? In fact, two or three days this week, I didn't let people go duck hunting. I said, guys, I'm not going to take your money to go sit there and kill, you know, five or six ducks, you know, when I know it's it's not conducive. I said, why don't we just fish, you know? I don't, you know, I'm just not going to take your money to go on a bad duck hunt. So that's what we did, and they, they were very, very appreciative of that, so... You know, we caught tons of fish. I mean, sheepheads, too. Golly, the boys are smashing sheepheads. It's crazy. But, you know, whatever it takes to make people happy, that's what we're doing. Well, you have fun at the LSU game. Who are they playing today? Do you even Arkansas, know? So, <laughs> Arkansas. But, gee, they, they're not going to have too much fun. Arkansas is not, I promise you. Their duck season opens today, and, and their football team fixing to get crushed. So there'll be more <laughs> duck hunters than football fans out there today. Yeah, for sure it will be. Well, I'll tell you what, we did see quite a few ducks, believe it or not, even though they've had a freeze in uh, South Dakota. We did. We saw a pretty couple good flocks of uh, greenheads flying over. Really? You know, I have not seen migratory flights in the air yet. You know, even with that big cold front we got, we had, usually you can look up there and all day long you'll see flights of hundreds coming. I bet I hadn't seen 10 migratory flights. I think flights they're still up there. One day. Oh, without wow. a doubt, they're still up there. So when they come back, I got, I'm got i saving my shells because they're going to be in big trouble when they get back. Yeah. Well, you're probably in the best spot Louisiana has to offer, but i got to tell you, I believe we're in a waterfowl crisis in Louisiana. We really are. I think so, too. You know, we've had so much habitat loss, and, you know, it just you just need all the way to Lake Bluff. I mean, if there's no grass anywhere – you know, we we just got to get the virgins open and start growing our hydro, uh, you know, our submerged aquatic vegetation. That's what ducks eat, and if we don't have food, we're not going to have ducks. It's just that simple. Well, uh, tell Miss Coleman hello. Y'all grab up the pom poms and head on up to Beton Rouge, and uh, we'll talk to you next week when you come back. What you doing for Thanksgiving? You doing down at the lodge? Oh, or you gonna be home? No, we got forty people at home. Woo! Woo. Oh, the food is going to be overflowing from from. Two or three turkeys and hams to, you know, you somebody will make uh, meliton and somebody will have rice and gravy and peas and sweet potatoes. That's more than you could ever put on a plate if you put a thimble of everything. <laughs> That's great. So, back in the day, I used to wear that out two or three plates of it. Now I can't hardly eat one. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> All right. Hey, Captain Ryan, we'll see you next week, buddy. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the game.
y'all and all of our listeners, y'all have a happy Thanksgiving and enjoy yourself. Thank you. All right, you can find him at CajunFishingAdventures.com. Got a great website, by the way. All right, we come back after this. We're going to catch up on your text messages. Thank you for sending them, and we're going to tell you what's coming up on more outdoors if you want a little bit more of it. We got it coming for two more hours. We'll tell you how, when, where, and what right after this timeout. You know, Martha, uh, following up on our conversation with Ryan about the poor duck season, we're coming off the worst duck season since the recorded uh, duck harvest last year. Doesn't look a whole lot brighter this year, although conditions have changed. You look at this survey, you know, 1.4, I think it was, is the average uh, bag of ducks that they surveyed off of our wildlife management areas. Point of shin, half a duck, a a chafalaya basin, 1.2, pass a loot. Outstanding, really, Mm -hmm. at 4.7, but that's the uh, exception rather than the rule. Uh, We're going to be starting a program later this month called Flyway Federation Foul Mouth Radio, and Josh Goins is going to co-host it, and the Federation is this up-and-coming group of uh, duck hunters and waterfowlers across really several states that have really uh, taken it upon themselves to try to find the root of the problem and come up with a solution for it, and we certainly welcome that and hope you'll be tuned in for that. All right, we got some text messages to catch up on. We asked folks, uh, do you hunt on Christmas or Thanksgiving? This folks uh, person on the North Shore says, no hunting on Christmas. Let them die another day. Good morning, guys. Great to have a team together again. I live by Lake Catherine. I'm listening to the radio and the rain and the lots of shooting. I think the ducks are flying. Love the show. All right, we got somebody drinking cold beer at the <laughs> houseboat on the Bogachita River in Sun. Love y'all show. I got a picture of that. Oh, yeah. Great mental picture. <laughs> yes, indeed. All right, we got uh, Harry from St. Rose. He's waiting on the sun to shine. Oh, no, you skipped one. Hey, you skipped oh, oh, one. Oh, well, let me get the, Wait, let me do yeah, this. Yeah. I got to do this one. <laughs> hey, good morning, Don and pretty lady. I don't go. know who he's talking about. <laughs> What's the last word on changing the trout limit here in Louisiana? Heard anything recently? Thank you. Big Daddy. Well, Big <laughs> Thanks, Daddy. Big Daddy. Uh, I, <laughs> I have been told that the, now the election is over, uh, there's going to be more coming out on that. We've been long awaiting it. Uh, and where it stands right now is the wildlife and fisheries fisheries biologists uh, have come up with an assessment of the stock and finding out that it is below where it should be. Uh, they're going to supposedly offer some options as far as changing bag limits, season dates, and or maybe both. And we should be hearing that, I would think, shortly after the first of the year. Someone else here agrees with me. Don and Martha, your bad boys sound like professional poachers. Yes, Martha, they got off way too easy. They should be locked in the hold on the boat and scuttle in the wow. boat scuttle. Yep. Here's one says, uh, good morning, Don. I have a yard full every morning since the beginning of possibly April, March. These dogs are so beautiful. They have orange beak and belly. That's the whistlers. Uh, yeah. They, do these guys hang out? And if I've got 100, <laughs> I can send you photos and videos of them. Oh, yeah. They'll eat you out of house and home. So the, the whistling ducks, they are... Almost a resident bird at this point. We see them all over, and I think a lot of times there's just not a lot of pressure on them. But they, they're they also considered kind of the urban duck. I mean, you'll see them in, in suburban areas. You'll see them down on the on the levee. And I think they're pretty, actually. Um, and you can hunt them as well. But I think they're a little smarter than the average duck. They don't seem to fly as much. Well, they're not pressured because they don't get shot at. And, you know, cases like that, people are feeding them and they kind of get a little bit tame. But, you know, if, you, if they when they do have an open season on them. But for the most part, a lot of them head out of here. This is their northern range. But over the years, there have been more and more of them coming and staying. Uh, here's someone that hunted the White Lake Wetlands Conservation Area last Sunday. For the first time, I got a visual 
of a whooping crane. Biggest bird I've ever seen in the wild. Anyone who shoots one of them is just plain stupid. Agreed. Agreed. And uh, it's a wonderful thing that you can see a bird that was once extinct here in Louisiana and has come back. It's a great story. Someone disagrees with Ryan here. It says, tired of the habitat loss argument and the pressure argument. You're telling me ducks aren't shot all the way down. There are a couple places on the coast rebuilding marshes every year. Habitat is great, but no ducks. They aren't coming down like they used to. That's another debate. Some people do believe that they're just not coming, and that's part of the issue. we got to figure it out. Well, I think habitat degradation is a major factor, but it's not the only factor for sure. Haven't heard anything lately about the bug invasion of the cane. He's talking about the mealy bug. Yeah, the it, has, cane. it has kind of quieted down. Maybe the cane has uh, survived. Uh, it's... From what I've seen running down the Mississippi when I was fishing, it didn't look very good, to be honest. The roseau cane looked pretty weak. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's still an issue. I haven't heard anything official come out, but I'd say it's probably still a bit of a problem. All right, a lot of coots, also known as poldu, showed yes. up in a few teal. No big ducks. That's at Delacroix Island. We have a trip there next week. Hopefully there'll and be some bigger ducks. Mike Smith's been doing quite well, and we'll probably get a chance to talk to him on more outdoors, which is coming up in just a few minutes. You can catch it on uh, live streaming. You go to radio.com. WWL HD 2 is the station you listen to it on. Garrett Graves is going to join us, talk about the Descent Act. And also we've got a regular monthly feature called Talking Guns. Devin Burgess will be in here with the Jefferson Gun Outlet. So we say goodbye, Martha, and we'll be back again next week beginning at 5 a.m. with another edition of the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Everybody out there, have a great Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.